you are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Saturday edition of Locked On Spurs. I am your host, Jeff Garcia of NewsForSanAntonio.com and Fox29SanAntonio.com. I am the Spurs lead writer for those two outlets back in SA. I've also been covering the Spurs since 2004. And I used to also co-host an ESPN San Antonio radio show on the weekends called Halftime Sports. Uh, Welcome back again. For those of y'all who press play each and every time, and for those uh, who are new, welcome to your first LOS. And look, the NBA trade deadline is fast approaching. I believe it's February 8th. It's still a few more days before uh, the NBA will put a kibosh on any trades. And uh, the teams are pretty much rock and roll with what they have, albeit the waiver wire, but that's down the, word, down the, uh, the, the road. Sorry. Nevertheless... Your San Antonio Spurs, as always, are lumped into many rumors left and right, from big man Greg Monroe to another big man in the Big Apple. Uh, needless to say, your Spurs have been in the mix in a few rumblings here and there. What does it mean? What is all this about? Do these rumors have any meat to it? Is there something more? Well, to discuss that and preview tonight's Spurs Jazz game, in the Alamo City, I am once again joined by Joe Garcia. He's also the host of the Two Shot Podcast, one of the best Spurs podcasts out on the interwebs. Is that what the kids say nowadays, interwebs? I hear, I hear that a lot. Interwebs, yep. That's what the kids use nowadays. nowadays. Right. I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I was dating myself there, Joe, but uh, welcome back. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so I bet your head has been spinning left and right. Uh, you know, Spurs are connected to Greg Monroe, and you know now you got the new one about Willie Hernan Gomez, and a few more sprinkled in between. Uh, your overall thoughts before we get into the specifics of these uh, rumors? What do you think? Are you taking these with a grain of salt, or do you think there might be something there? Uh, I actually think that the Spurs are just, you know. Feeling it out, looking around, seeing what you know, what interest is out there for maybe some some players that they they feel they can unload, mm-hmm. and if they get a quality player in return and it helps the team, then why not you know pull the trigger on that deal? But unfortunately, the Greg Monroe uh, rumor uh, came to an end abruptly earlier today as he went ahead and signed a one-year contract with the Boston Celtics for five million dollars. So yeah, that, Spurs the, fans, the, the rich get richer, don't they? Oh, yeah, no doubt, man. But, you know, good luck to him. I mean, he's he's on the right team. He wants to win a ring, and he's going to get the playing time and the money he wants. So, unfortunately for Spurs fans, we had a, a glimmer of hope, and it went away really quick. <laughs> oh, that is right. All right, so as Joe mentioned, uh, Greg Monroe was one of the players linked to San Antonio. In case you didn't know, Monroe uh, was uh, released uh, – by his former team and he was set off into the wild and hey you know what anybody who wants him he's there and the spurs were linked to him uh but at the end of the day you know and i wrote about it on news san antonio.com and joe um definitely talked about it 
on Two Shots and on his Twitter handle at 2S Podcast. You know, I think he would have been a good fit. He definitely would have been a good fit for the needs that you thought the Spurs, you still think the Spurs need as far as rebounding on the last show. Uh, for me, I was fine with it if he came cheap, which he would, would come anyway. But the only thing I didn't like was his defense. I thought defensively he was he might be a liability. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that end. But as we saw with the Spurs and Rockets games, I mean, the Spurs really did need some help on the defensive end, crashing the boards. Uh, the Rockets just kept on getting, you know, second chance opportunities at, yeah. at will. And had we had somebody that could help crash the boards with LaMarcus, that, that would have been kept to a minimum. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about um, using that Rockets game as an example of what maybe Monroe could have brought as another big body or just somebody who can rebound. I actually thought the Spurs, what they really should have gone out before the trade deadline and picked up, which is pretty much out there for anybody to grab, is just for them to go to uh, Walmart and get some sticky glue and stick it to their hands and the ball because they keep on turning the ball over. I think that was the, that was the reason why they lost that game, not rebounding. But nevertheless, um, Greg Monroe, yeah, I mean, he would have been a nice fit. I would have been mad if they added him. No big deal. But, hey, he moved on to greener pastures, pun intended, and is now a Celtic. Okay, so they scratched that off the list. And then another rumor popped up this past week, and that was the Spurs are apparently feeling, it, feeling out the Knicks and the Pistons, specifically Willie Hernan Gomez and Stanley Johnson of Detroit. Let's start off with uh, the big one there, if you will, Willie Hernan Gomez. Young kid, second year uh, in the league. Uh, the report via The Athletic says that pretty much the Spurs just made a call to see the availability of uh, Willie. I, uh, you know, my first thought was I like the youth. I like the energy. I like the fact that he has ties with Pau Gasol. I like the fact that he's another international player and that Pop would love to have and he would fit seamlessly into the international style of play that Popovich runs in San Antonio. The thing is, though, you think the Knicks will give up a uh, a good young player? I'm not saying he's stellar, Joe. I'm not saying he's the next coming of X player of, uh, you know, uh, another modern Ginobili or what have you or whatever. But I like the youth. I like the uh, energy he could provide. Uh, I like you probably like the fact he's just another big man who could probably rebound and do a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can he can do a little bit of everything. And the best part about this whole deal is he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's still got a lot of game in him. Yeah. If if the Spurs could get him, I mean, wow, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Look, I mean, I think adding a player like him would help bolster the Spurs' big man core. I also think uh, he would come cheap. You know, he's not a, a player that's going to demand money. Uh, he, he, I think he would be rejuvenated to come from uh, from New York, where they're still rebuilding, to a pretty much uh, playoff contending team, possibly a championship ten- contending team, San Antonio. And I think it'll just uh, rejuvenate his very young career. He doesn't average that many points for his career, which is very short, two years. He averages close to eight points per game, 7.6. Uh, you know, you don't, you're don't, not going to get a lot out of him, but you're going to get definitely a role player who fits within uh, what the Spurs want. But 
I think the Spurs already have that kind of player, Kyle Anderson. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think Kyle Anderson would, you know, out of the two, has more experience. And, you know, he's just a better fit right now uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. Then it'd be like taking a gamble on Hernan Gomez, unfortunately. Even though youth is on his, you know, on his side, uh, experience is going to get you out on the floor uh, with Coach Pop. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, as I, I, I wouldn't mind having Willie Hernan Gomez. I think he'd be a nice uh, piece moving forward. Uh, for San Antonio well into the future if they were to make a deal with New York. Look, his minutes have dropped in New York. He's not averaging as many minutes as he did in his rookie year. Maybe that's a sign of something to come. Don't know. Uh, But the Knicks clearly are on the uptick right now with Porzingis playing the way he is. Playing, uh, you know, there's more excitement back in the Big Apple. You know, Hernan Gomez is part of that. you know, maybe he's losing minutes to Cantor, who's playing pretty good this year in his first season in New York. Uh, nevertheless, I think that will be interesting to see if that shakes out into something legit. Now, Stanley Johnson, help us out here. Who is Stanley Johnson, Joe, and why do you think the Spurs are interested in this guy who plays for Detroit? Um, Again, once again, you know, the Spurs are always looking to add some youth to the team and mm-hmm. you know i think stanley johnson right now he's he kind of fits the bill for what they would i guess be wanting mm-hmm. uh, moving forward you know um but well, again I mean, you, you, you know his youth you know he's what 21 22 years old he's a he's a he's a very young he's what he's not over 25 let's put it that way listeners and he's a small forward the spurs could use some help at the small forward spot rudy gay's banged up we all know what's going on with Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, Bertans is filling in as admirable as he can. Uh, Kyle Anderson is doing what he can. But nevertheless, I think if of these two players, Hernan Gomez or Johnson, I think I would want to have Johnson uh, simply because I think the Spurs have big man depth. You know, say what you will about Laverne, but Laverne is there. <laughs> I was uh, just about to I say know, something. I know. Pau Gasol. Uh, LaMarcus is there. Uh, but I think the the biting issue right now is a small forward spot. And I think the Spurs need to address that, whether it be via trade, whether they're a minor one with Detroit uh, to get Stanley Johnson or maybe wait to see who clears waivers. But, you, you know, what else is it that you like about Johnson? You know, because this is not the first time the Spurs have been reportedly interested in Stanley Johnson. I think a couple of years ago, maybe not even last season, there were rumblings that the Spurs were eyeing him. So I, I you know, I think it's safe to assume the Spurs have been there, have been having their eye on him for quite some time. Well, I mean, one of the good things about Stanley Johnson is that he's an athletic uh, player. You know, he's a good all around player and he could probably, you know, be switched off at other positions if need be uh, due to injury, which is something we could definitely use right now. Um, and you know, he's, he is a young player, so he could be molded into the Spurs system and develop, uh, possibly into, you know, a good, a good, a good player in the, for the future. But again, you know, with these younger guys, it's always a gamble. You just never know if they're going to really fit the bill and they're going to come along and they're, they're going to live up to the expectations that the team has for them. And unfortunately, and that sometimes they succumb to all that pressure. So, you know, it, it's an untested uh, player right now because he is so young. But given the opportunity, who knows what can happen? 
Yeah, you know, he doesn't average that many points for his career. He only averages about uh, 6.6 points per game, uh, all with Detroit. So the Spurs are not going to get the offensive punch that I think they need still. Uh, we saw that pretty obviously versus Houston and, of course, against that debacle against Philadelphia in San Antonio. The offense struggles. Popovich has said it even as a recent as the game against Houston where he admitted the Spurs are offensively challenged. I think these two players would be good, but I don't think the Spurs, uh, you know, should be looking at this type of player right now. I think they need to find somebody who can provide an offensive punch. If the Spurs are simply trying to buy their time until Rudy and Kawhi get back and then voila, instant offense from those two guys, then perfect. But I think the Spurs need to look in different directions right now. But if of these uh, three players that we discuss, I know Monroe's off the table, uh, I would lean towards Stanley Johnson simply because he fits a position the Spurs are lacking right now, and that is banged up the small forward spot. And much like Hernan Gomez, I like the youth. I like the athleticism. Um, you know, he's explosive. Look, he's not getting much run in Detroit right now. I think uh, this, the, the Pistons are definitely moving in a different direction. They're pushing for a playoff spot right now. I think for them is just make the playoffs or bust right now. So if the Spurs have something that they could use, maybe bring in another veteran. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe this, I don't know off the top of my head if the Spurs have a draft pick, maybe a second rounder or what have you. I think the Pistons will listen. But hey, I mean, come on. I think the Pistons owe us a big favor. We gave them Boban. I mean, Boban. We gave them the Boban experience. That we sure did. <laughs> and Boban was a fan favorite here in San Antonio, unfortunately. Boban's now in Hollywood. He went to L.A. in that, you know, massive deal that uh, the Clippers and the Pistons made. So good luck to Boban. I, I think he deserves everything he's getting right now. But, man, I would kill to have him back, you know? Oh, yeah, I think everybody would. But, uh, you know, just because the Spurs were linked to trading for a player does not mean that there were other teams out there looking at what the Spurs have. Uh, there was also a report uh, via SI Sports Illustrated that the Pistons also inquired about Danny Green. This was prior to their deal with the Clippers where they netted Blake Griffin. Apparently, the, the Pistons were looking to add a wing player, and they made a call to San Antonio, according to the report, of how available Danny Green is. Obviously, they got shut down. That didn't happen. And Danny Green is still a spur for now. We don't know what's going on because uh, the trade deadline has not come and gone yet. Nevertheless, this brings me to a big question, Joe, is do you think Danny Green might be the best bait trade bait the Spurs have right now to make some sort of wave uh, prior to the trade deadline? I think he's their best option. I mean, because if you look at things, I mean, He's the only one that'll fit the bill as far as contract, you know, contract wise, and as far as what the Spurs have him under contract for. Mm -hmm. um, he's not a, a Patty Mills type of contract where, you know, if a team would to, were to pick up Patty Mills, I mean, they'd have his fifty million dollar contract. You know, if Danny Green didn't work out for another team, um, they could easily just, you know, buy him out and waive him, or you know, do this, have him go the same way as Greg Monroe. So. Probably Danny Green and Joffrey Levine would probably be the best 
players that they could offer up right now. But I just don't really see the Spurs making any headway in the in the trade market. Well, not not right now. I think they're just going to pretty much stick with who they got and, and just ride it out until Kawhi and Rudy Gay both come back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Spurs um, are not going to part with Danny Green. He, I think he's very vital to the team. He's been loyal to the team. He's taken hometown discounts recently when he re-upped with the uh, Spurs. I think the Spurs uh, will also put them kind of in, in a bad light if they were to trade him as a, you know, who's been key uh, to the last Spurs uh, championship. I remember when he was just going ballistic from the three-point line versus Miami. Uh, and he, too, he's I, he might be damaged goods. You know, he's, he's been dealing with a groin ish, issue. Uh, he was benched for one game uh, for Bryn Forbes. Didn't mean anything because the next game Green was back. Uh, uh, yeah, and and I, and I also think too, you're gonna probably hear Danny Green's name tossed out a lot more. Why? Simply because he has a very very juicy and woo, you know coveted expiring contract. You know what team wouldn't want to have that kind of numbers off their book into next uh off to this coming off season where there's gonna be plenty, plenty of high name free agents available. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I mean to me, I mean, if a team wants to make a push in the playoffs or, you know, even possibly go for a championship, why not make a trade with the Spurs if the Spurs are willing to part with Danny Green? And as I stated, you know, before in my other uh, podcast, the Two Shots podcast, teams are willing to rent players mm-hmm. for half a season. Nothing and if hard. it doesn't pan out, oh, well, you know, it didn't work out. So Danny Green, once again, has a contract expiring. It's very, it's a very attractive offer to some other teams are wanting to make a push. So once again, we'll just see what the Spurs are going to do before the trade deadline coming up February 9th. Well, maybe the Spurs should simply just stand pat, Joe. Why? Because we're up to the biggest rumor so far this uh, February, and that is that LeBron James is reportedly okay with and would consider sitting down and talking with your San Antonio Spurs in the offseason. As you know, LeBron James uh, can lock, uh, opt out of his contract this coming offseason and become a free agent. And not only were the Spurs attached to that rumor, the Warriors were attached to that rumor. I mean, you name it, a team, every team pretty much was attached to that rumor, the Celtics, et cetera, et cetera. But nevertheless, you heard, t- heard about the Spurs, LeBron James. Now, look, I get it. Joe gets it. The Spurs, Popovich, Spurs fans, they admired LeBron James. LeBron James has nothing but love for the city of San Antonio and their fans and Popovich. It's well documented. And how many times does he cannot stop pouring over Pop and the Spurs franchise and what it represents and something that he never had a stable coach, a stable organization and an organization that looks for their players first, like San Antonio, unlike Cleveland and that he's gone through in his time in the NBA. Nevertheless, there was a report by ESPN that said that the, uh, the King James is uh, willing to listen to the Spurs. Honestly, Joe, as much as I would like to see it happen, I don't think it's going to happen. I think uh, as it's it's almost too good to be true, you know, because everybody thinks that James in San Antonio makes all the sense in the world. But I think at the end, business is going to come first. 
he's going to want to go to maybe a bigger market. I'm looking at maybe Houston. And if he doesn't even leave uh, Cleveland, he will just stay in Cleveland. But I think it'll be a bigger market like a Houston. I don't see him going to the Lakers. I don't see him going to the Clippers anymore, especially not after what happened. Uh, he's definitely not going to go to the Warriors. I mean, the Warriors have to give up almost practically their entire team, at least key parts, to get him. Because uh, the trick is, according to the report, Joe, and this is where you come in, he wants a max deal. Do you think the Spurs, even if it was serious and he said, uh, Spurs, I'm coming to you, but I want a max deal, you pay it, I'm in. Do you think the Spurs can swing that? Because they're pretty much tapped out right now. Yeah, there's there's just no way that the Spurs can offer LeBron James a max a max contract or a max deal. Um, they have Kawhi Leonard to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, so which one are you going to take? Would you rather keep Kawhi Leonard or do you want to take a chance and go with LeBron James? And if the Spurs were to sign LeBron, they would have to get unload a lot of players, a lot of fan favorites. So that would not be feasible as far as, you know, when you really break it down and you look at it from, I guess, a GM standpoint, that would make no sense. So as much as Spurs fans would like to see LeBron James come to San Antonio, think about we are willing to give up. Yeah, exactly. Don't forget about this too, listeners. They just gave LaMarcus Aldridge a hefty payday uh, right uh, before this uh, season started. Pal Gasol was given a hefty payday again in the offseason. Patty Mills was given a uh, lucrative deal in the offseason. As Joe mentioned, Kawhi Leonard is coming up soon, and you know the word super max deal is going to be tossed out. And at the fact that he reportedly is not happy with the Spurs right now, you know the Spurs are going to really, really, really try to comfort him and make him feel good. And the best way to do that is in the pocket right now. At the end of the day, the Spurs simply just don't may not have the money to come back. The only way it's going to happen is if he backs off of that statement of wanting a max deal and is willing to take a pay cut, a considerable pay cut, to play with San Antonio. I think if he's willing to do that, then yeah, the Spurs make all the sense. Even if he was, even if he was given twice the amount of a super max deal that was allowable by NBA rules from other teams. But at the end of the day, Joe, I hate to break it to Spurs fans. It just ain't going to happen. I agree. It's not. Just like you said, there's just no way. There, yeah. We don't have enough cash. No, no. But but you, can you lend the Spurs some of the money you have? Because I heard you're, you rock billions <laughs> of dollars each day, man, on your two-shot podcast. Like they pay no, so man, much advertisers gotta... that they just want they just want to advertise on two shots. Yeah, no, I think we'd have to go for deeper pockets. I hear Rivera, he's uh, drowning over there in vessels. He's swimming in vessels like Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck from uh, <laughs> back in the back in the eighties, you know. Oh yeah, that's uh, zoned Mike at Zone Mike, uh, Mike Rivera, uh, the uh, producer for I believe he does it for um, the ticket, right? Yeah, and does it for the ticket seven sixty. Seven sixty. He knows right. what I'm talking about. He knows. He knows it's all about those ducktails. <laughs> All right, so those are the latest and greatest in Spurs trade rumors. Who's going, who's interested, and whatnot. But Joe and I want to hear what you have to say. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. And, of course, uh, follow Joe at 2SPodcast. 
Yes, sir. Follow us at 2S Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And check out our new website. It's www.twoshotssa.com. And you can uh, get all the latest sports news and entertainment news. So check us out. All right. And uh, before we wrap up this episode of Locked On Spurs, uh, quickly, don't forget to check out the Locked On NBA Network. Uh, more specifically, Locked On Celtics. My good buddy, John Corrales, uh, and the Locked On Celtics crew uh, recently scored an interview with Celtics head coach Brad Stevens. Go check out what Brad Stevens had to say about the Celtics and um, how they are nearing the the halfway mark of the NBA season. So go check out Locked On Celtics. Listen to that interview with Brad Stevens. And, you know, Popovich really loves Brad Stevens, and the, the feeling is mutual, apparently. You always see them loving each other, some sort of serious bromance between Pop and Brad. So... Definitely go check out Locked on Celtics right now. The Spurs and Jazz will hook up later on tonight in the Alamo City. And this is the final game of the Spurs' uh, long homestand. Because coming up after that is the Rodeo Road Trip. So it's the last chance to see your Spurs in action before they're away for quite some time. And they're going to finish it up against Utah. Now, do not sneeze at Utah. They put the hammer down on the uh, Warriors recently. Beat them by 20, 30 points. It was just a massacre. Yeah, the Warriors, you heard me right. They beat them down pretty silly. You add the fact, too, that the Spurs already lost one game to Utah this season in their first meeting. The Spurs cannot overlook the Jazz whatsoever. Uh, they have size, Rudy Gobert. They got quality guards, Rodney Hood, Ricky Rubio. Yeah, you may laugh that I'm mentioning Rodney Hood, but he dropped 29 points on the Spurs in their first meeting, so do not laugh at that. Uh, but nevertheless, the Jazz come in. They're a rough-and-tumble group. Uh, as of this recording, they are 22-8. and eight. Again, don't let that record fool you. This uh, team can't sneak up on you. Joe Ingles is playing great for them. This is a team that uh, could possibly... Uh, present some issues for your Spurs later on tonight. And a quick injury uh, update. Brendan Paul back spasm is questionable for tonight's game against the Jazz. And obviously Rudy Gay and Kawhi Leonard are not playing. So the Spurs, they're 34-20. They're coming off a uh, weak performance, in my opinion, versus the Rockets losing at home of all places, 91-102. to Danny Green was the best uh, player in silver and black against uh, the Rockets in the loss. He had 22 points and six rebounds. And um, the Sp- I'm sorry, the Jazz are coming off a game versus the Suns on the road. So that kind of catches you up uh, on the state of the Spurs and the Jazz heading into tonight's game. So what Joe and I are going to do is simply this. He's going to give me two keys to a Spurs victory, and I'm going to give you one. Uh, Joe, you're the guest. You're here today. Tell us, what is the first key the Spurs have to lock in if they want to get a win over Utah? First thing that they need to lock in, they need to keep the turnovers at a minimum. And the second, guys, you just need to find a way to score some points. Uh, Just either, you know, move the ball, don't let it stick, and find a way to score. Even if the shot's not falling, just go to go be aggressive and go to the go to the rim. You know, you need to get to the free throw line 
you need to score some points somehow, some way. If they could make it happen, they'd be in good shape. But they just need to find a way to score and keep the turnovers at a minimum. And those are the keys to victory. All right, turnovers and scoring. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about uh, what in the you-know-what happened against uh, Houston. Houston made the Spurs pay for every stupid turnover they made throughout the game. Off 16 Spurs turnovers, the Spurs gave up 27 points to the Rockets. That is unacceptable. Where was their transition defense? Where were they to... Okay, yeah, they screwed up. They turned the ball over. Where's the hustle? Where's, you know, take a foul, something. Just don't let them have easy points. And they pretty much gave the Rockets 27 easy points. And I'm not the only one who was upset about this because I know Joe took his computer and threw it out the window. Uh, (laughs) Pal Gasol talked about the turnover issue uh, in general after the Rockets game. And uh, he said this, quote, it's not helping at all especially against a talented and loaded offensive team. He's talking about Houston. If you give them extra ones, easy ones, you're putting yourself in a very hard situation and it's very hard to win a ball game. He goes on to say, I know sometimes we were trying to make the right play, finding the open teammate, but their switching defense made things hard early on until we figured it out. But yeah, too many turnovers, end quote. Pau Gasol's aware of it. Joe's aware of it. You're aware of it. I'm aware of it. I know it's probably easier said than done, Joe, but, I mean, come on. This is getting to a point now where it's almost like I can forgive the Spurs for a gamer here or there, you know, or one that's far and few between, but this is too consistent. This is too repetitive. And that screams to me, Joe, laziness, not valuing the ball, not having attention to detail, uh, okay, fine. Maybe Houston pressed them a little bit and it caused them to have turnovers. But you're the Spurs. You're supposed to be in this system that is so mechanical. It's machine-like. And you're talking about uh, parts to a bigger uh, robot that's supposed to decimate opposing teams. Well, they need some oil in the shoulders of the robot or uh, or replacement parts because when it comes to valuing the ball, the Spurs simply really haven't done that this season. What do you think, Joe? Oh, it's it's evident since, you know, the beginning of the season. You know, they've been kind of careless with the ball, especially with the passing game. It's been very lackadaisical and very sloppy. Mm-hmm. And the Spurs are lacking, you know, a passing game, a good passing game, which they had in years past. And, you know, the passing, it's just not there, and that leads to a lot of turnovers. And as you stated, it's just being lazy. You know, you've seen this. I mean, you you can see when the Spurs are going down the court, some of the passes and these little lobs they're doing, mm-hmm. you get to scratch your head and say, why are you trying to pass the ball when you have a defender right between you? Mm-hmm. And let's say if it's Danny Green trying to pass the ball to Patty Mills, there's a defender right in the middle. Why would you just throw the ball lackadaisical like, you know, just like a little floater where it's really easy for, the, for that defender to go ahead and just pick it off? I've seen... I don't know how many plays like that this season, and it just leaves you scratching your head wondering what what's going on, you know? Is this the same Spurs team that we've grown accustomed to seeing? And the answer is no, well, you, know, you know, with all these injuries. Go yeah, you, you know what, Dan, Danny Green, I also uh, mentioned something similar to what you're saying right now. After the uh, loss of the Rockets, he said, quote, 
But for us, offense is probably the problem. It's just kind of new and rare. I'd say defense wins championships, but you still have to be able to score. Right now, we're still trying to find a, that rhythm, that identity. A flow of getting a couple guys to get some uncontested looks and to get us shooting a little better. Look, Joe, and that's what that's what Danny Green had to say about the offensive woes, at least in the game versus Houston. Kind of new, kind of rare. I think this is pretty much old trick now. How many times have you heard Popovich say offensively challenged? How many times have you looked at the scoreboard and said, wait a minute, they only scored how many points in a quarter? 14 and a quarter? Or how many times have this season, Joe, have you looked at the box score and said, they shot 30% after the first quarter? I mean, this is not new. It's not rare. This is a situation the Spurs have to address now. Their offense pretty much sucks right now. Fine. I coined a phrase. I coined a phrase for the Spurs offense this season. What's that? There's the Spurs offense is impressively bad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I see what you're doing there because I sit back and I'm like. They only scored how many points in a quarter? And they're what in the West? They're third? How is what what is going on here? Look, credit to the Spurs system. Credit to Popovich. Credit to Lamarcus Aldridge for his heroics this season. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't think this is kind of new, rare, Danny Green. I think this has been systemic throughout the entire season. The Spurs defense. It has a lot to do with their 30-plus wins. you you got to admit that. that. That defense is one of the best in the league. But eventually, they got to score some points. They can't find somebody right now. And that's why I say if they're looking at the trade market, Joe, they got to find somebody who can put up some points right now. We don't know the status of Kawhi Leonard. He's out indefinitely. I'm not going to be surprised if Popovich and the team and the, the R.C. Buford, they come out one day and say, he's shut down. He's done. He ain't playing this season. Then what? You don't rely on, on LaMarcus Aldridge the entire... He can't do it by himself. You have Bryn Forbes, who had a 20-plus performance uh, versus the Kings, I believe, and then comes back with a stinker the next day and then doesn't do that well against Houston. Uh, you know, you look at Danny Green, who played well versus the Rockets, 22 points, but that has been far and few between. Pal Gasol comes off, comes off uh, some scoring slumps. Patty Mills, we know what he's doing. He ain't doing anything... DeJounte Murray, you know, bless him for doing the best as he can as far as rebounding, but he cannot be reliable when it comes to scoring. I think they got to find some scoring, and they don't have that right now, Joe. Fine, you want to talk about they're not in rhythm. Fine, you want to talk about they're not in chemistry. Fine, you want to talk about they can't find the flow. But they keep on using this excuse. Eventually, they're going to find themselves third place, fourth place, fifth place, sixth place in the uh, playoff standings, and that is not good for them. You know, I want to point out one thing that I've been noticing since the Spurs have had a lot of trouble on the offensive end. If Spurs fans really watch the game, you're going to see some, this exact thing that I'm going to talk to you about. When the Spurs are playing, you got to ask yourself, why is everybody standing out there on the three-point line? Mm-hmm. Everybody's just camped out there, just sitting there waiting, and – you're like, okay, a two will win you the ball game just as well as a three. So why are we chunking up three-pointers? You know, the Spurs just seem to do this when they get desperate. And they're, they're just looking for something to, you know, they need to find a spark. They need to find a way to score. If you can just be aggressive and go to the rim and you get fouled, you're going to put two, you know, you have a chance to put two points 
you know, on, for, up there for the team, you know, and if you miss one of the two, hey, it's still a point. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, the Spurs need to find a way to score that doesn't encompass just being camped out there yeah. by the three-point line. They need to be more aggressive. That's something that they've been lacking. And I think if they were more aggressive as a team, as we saw out of Danny Green, yes, at, at the other day against the Houston Rockets, they could actually make some noise, you know. But I don't know what it is. It's just it's got one of those things where you scratch your head and you're like, this is not the same Spurs team right now. The Spurs team, this Spurs team is a is a 500 team. They yeah. do not have what it takes to keep up with the upper echelon teams right now, and they mm-hmm. barely have what it takes to keep up with the mediocre teams. They just need to stay the course, find a way to win, and just hopefully, you know, we can't get Kawhi Leonard and Rudy Gay back fast enough. We need them back like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, Rudy Gay is on the horizon. I think he's coming back very, very soon, so that'll be a bonus. But again, you know, he's going to need to get his game legs back and get back into the rhythm of things uh, prior to him having that heel injury. And But you know what, Joe, uh, listeners, you know, here's, here's something that's going to pretty much make you want to uh, punch a wall right now. Let's um, talk about the Spurs' last five games and specifically their scoring in the last five games. Now, the bulk of their scoring uh, is coming um, – well, for part of the bulk of their scoring is coming from points in the paint. In the last five, they're getting close to 49% of their scoring in the paint. That's good. That just that just screams Lamarcus Aldridge. Uh, but here's what's a little troubling. When it comes to assisting each other and passing the ball around, that's where the Spurs have some issues. Uh, on the season, through 54 games, um, a percentage of their two points made uh, assisted are 50%. So 50% of their two-point makes are from a, from an assist. So basically somebody passes them, they're passing the ball around. Okay? In the last five games, we've been seeing that spike. They're now at 63%. Okay, great. But when it comes to unassisted, that simply just means, you know, you got the ball, it's time to make some, create some offense uh, outside of the two-point line, uh, three-point line, I'm sorry. Uh, they plummeted. On the season, they're about 50% of two-point makes unassisted. In the last five games for two-points makes unassisted, their percentage drops to 36%. They cannot they cannot shoot a bucket if they're just by themselves. They got to have that motion. And I think that's what the numbers are screaming right now. They got to pass the ball. They got to keep that ball whipping around. And I think sometimes you see the ball just stop, Joe. Yeah, it sticks. When it sticks, bad things happen. Yeah, and then and like just like Joe talked about that before, I talked about the numbers. The numbers just show it. They're they're having issues when that ball sticks, and their two point shots have dropped. It gets even worse. Uh, the percentage of three point made uh, unassisted, again when they're not whipping the ball around, is dropped to two percent, two percent, and on the season they're averaging eleven percent. Never, this is a situation the Spurs have to address. I don't know if a trade's going to really help. The only thing I know that's going to help is getting this team healthy, Joe. And that's the only thing I can think of because I don't think the Spurs have the chips that a team would want to make a trade. I If, if I'm, I'm making up a team here, Chicago, and I say, well, I don't want – they're not going to give up LaMarcus. Great. They're not going to give up Kawhi. Fine. They're definitely not going to give up DeJounte Murray. Okay. So now I'm left with Pau Gasol. And his albatross of a contract, Patty Mills, 
and his big contract. And fine, even if it's big, he's not playing that great this season. Okay, I got yeah, I know I got Danny Green there. Okay, fine, I'll put him off to the side. But do I do I want Danny Green on my team? And how what am I gonna give up? The Spurs are not gonna get a scorer from Danny Green. Uh, uh, they're not gonna net one as far as using Danny Green as bait. That they just think they're just stuck right now, Joe. And I don't, you know, I'm a little worried because if the Spurs do make a trade, that will mean having to give up a nicer piece, maybe like a young Bertans, maybe Danny Green. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, you you make a great point, you know. So, you know, one thing that I want to say is <laughs> me and my friends, we joke a lot. And what we were saying this year specifically is, you know, we attribute Patty Mills' game or the decline of the game mm-hmm. to the haircut. We want the ball-headed Patty Mills <laughs> from 2014. <laughs> I knew you would find the source of the issue right now with Patty Mills. That's it's all it is. Cut his hair. Cut. Yeah, cut the hair, Patty. <laughs> We don't need it anymore. We need aerodynamic Patty Mills back. No more dreads. Yeah, he has he has dreads now, right? Or like like baby dreads or something like that. Yeah, he's got some baby dreads going on, and we're like, you know what? We've seen the the evolution of the hair of the hairdo for Patty Mills. He's gone through the through the bohawk. You know, he's gone through the dreads. We want the Patty Mills from 2014 with the ball head, where he was just you know lighting it up from beyond the arc, just hitting threes like nobody's business. It's just the haircut. If he gets a haircut, man, we're going to see an all-new all Patty Mills out down there. to a haircut. Well, yeah, it's, that's what Joe, it is. Joe, you and I are not the only ones who think the Spurs need to make a uh, a change, make a deal. Um, Spurs Zones writer Michael Rehome um, put up an informal poll on Twitter, and it was a very simple question. Do the Spurs need to make moves before the trade deadline? 58% of the votes went to yes. 42% went to no. Uh, this is based off 76 votes. So it looks like Spurs fans uh, think the Spurs needed to change something uh, before the trade deadline. What that will be, we don't know. Joe, you know this. The Spurs rarely make some sort of big splash. Rarely do. I don't think they'll do one again this season. Your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do one either. You know, but... All these little issues that the Spurs are having, you know, with injuries and with not being able to score, all these things can be rectified. And all they need to do is pass the ball. So there's no big trades that need to be made. They just need to find a way to score beyond the three-point line, move up and shoot some twos, be aggressive, and pass the ball. And and I think their offense will flow a lot better. So there's a problem. Thank you very much, RC. And Pop, I solved the issue for you. (laughs) Joe, have I even said my key to, to the Spurs win yet? I don't think I have, have I? No, you haven't yet. I haven't yet. Okay, I think we the, the rails went off for a few minutes here. But, um, all right, let's get back on track here. What is my key? So Joe's giving us offense and keeping the turnovers to a minimum. I'm going to say simply this. I need to see more out of Davis Bertans. I need to see more out of him. Um uh, the young kid, you know, he's uh, has the ups, and, ups and downs this season, but I think the Spurs need him to step up. Uh, you know, Bryn Forbes is doing the best he can, and you know, yeah, he's still young. You know, he has lightning in a bottle, but you know, I, I you can almost say okay, he's good for at least ten points a game, maybe. Uh, but if there's one guy who can definitely light it up, and that is Bertans, 
his shots been off of late. He hasn't really been connecting on his three-point shots. Or nevertheless, he's doing silly fouls. He's getting himself out of the game. Uh, hasn't really been effective. Now, let's look back. Let's look at the, the game against the Rockets, okay? He played 13 minutes. He was a minus four for the Spurs on the uh, court. He only finished with three points, okay? He he took five shots, only made one. Took two three-point shots, only made one. Uh, didn't really get saddled with too much uh, foul trouble. I can almost excuse him that. He only had one for the game. I need Bertans to have a good game. I think the Spurs, you know, you go up down the list, you know, Kyle Anderson, you know, he's playing well. He's having a career season. We know what LaMarcus is doing. I know Powell didn't really have himself a great game versus the Rockets, but you can only expect him enough already at this point in his career. Danny Green, he played well. Murray, you know, he's coming into his own. Parker, he's trying his best. Manu, he's Manu. But then there's Bertans, and I think he's getting lost in all this. When everybody's looking at offense and where's the offense going to come, because we know they're good on defense, I think he could be that missing link right now if he gets things going. So I'm hoping, and my key is, Davis Bertans uses the game against the Jazz as a springboard and get more consistency out of him. And I think he will help the Spurs not only get the W versus Utah later tonight, but get more Ws down the road. Joe? I agree with you completely on that end. I think Davis Bertans has actually not, you know, lived up to the expectations. Mm-hmm. He was playing, you know, at a high level. And just recently, I don't know what's happened. You know, it's just like he kind of disappeared and just went and, you know, disappeared into the background it's like, somewhere. It's like he hit a wall. We need like Davis he, he a, to get like, nasty. Yeah. It's like he hit a sophomore wall or something. Yeah, it's like, you know, what happened to that aggressiveness? Just a couple of games ago, you know, you had Davis Burton. It's like he was mad. He was dunking the ball. He was going to the rim. He was being aggressive. He was shooting threes. I'm like, he needs to have that passion. He needs to have that, you know, play with that emotion every single game. And he would be amazing for the Spurs because he does have athletic ability, just like Danny Green displayed. We just need more of the aggressive style, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think... You know, you're talking about how Patty Mills needs to shave his head and get bald again. I think somebody has just has to piss off Bertans before the game. Like, just get him so mad. I think that's the only way he'll play well. Uh, you know, I like angry Bertans. Angry Bertans is fun to watch. Angry Bertans will just like this fire under this team. We saw when he shoved Greg Monroe last year against the Bucks. We've seen him a couple times getting a couple of players' faces this season. When he's mad... He tends to step it up a notch. He hasn't been mad of late, so I'm tasking you, Joe, to go and just kick him in the back of the head and then run away and just say, ha, 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 Latvia sucks, and then right before the tip-off, and then just to get him mad. Right. We just need to, we need to get him fired up somehow, some way. Somebody needs to make like some type of sign or something just to get under his skin and piss him off so bad he's gonna have a good game you know kind of like the movie dodgeball you gotta get angry you know <laughs> well that or that or you know he needs you know Popovich needs to find his tackling fuel and be like bobby boucher and just be like hey bertans latvia sucks use it on the court and then like he just starts <laughs> going ballistic and starts dunking on people and fighting people and at the end of the day he's like i just scored 20 points off uh coming off the bench great uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, think uh, Bertans, 
needs to be a key. If the Spurs are struggling in offense, as we know they are, then Bertans, he's been flying under the radar, and if anybody can provide some offensive punch, could be him. So I like to think of him as a key to a win tonight versus a Jazz team that has already beaten the Spurs once this season. Uh, any final thoughts, whether it be on this game or the trades, uh, Joe, before we put a nice ribbon on this Locked On episode? The only thing I'd like to end this the show with is the Spurs just need to stay the, stay the course. I know it's going to be rough. It's going to be one of those seasons, Spurs fans, but we got to believe. And as long as the Spurs can just keep jacking up some wins here and there and stay in the hunt, I think they're going to be in great shape when Kawhi and Rudy Gay return to the team and they're 100% again. So, you know, just believe and root for the Spurs, Spurs fans. Yeah, stay afloat, Spurs. Um, hopefully, help is on the way in the form of Kawhi Leonard and Rudy Gay. More importantly, though, Kawhi Leonard. I rather he's, you know, No offense, Rudy Gay, but I think the Spurs really need Kawhi Leonard back. Uh, but those are Joe's thoughts, and those are my thoughts on tonight's game and, of course, the uh, trade rumors that surround the silver and black. Once again, email me at jeffgarcia74 at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jeffgspurszone. Of course, you can always go to the new and improved Two Shots website. Can you, what, what's going on with your uh, uh, site there, Joe? I spent a lot of time uh, revamping the site, and it's uh, lean and mean, and you all got to check it out at www.twoshotssa.com. Yep, go check that out. And it's a really, really good site to go see if you really need to catch up on some Spurs news. But for Joe Garcia, I am Jeff Garcia. He and I, we're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.